Blog Talk Radio. Jacqueline Sanders with Tech Espresso Cafe, and I'm excited to be with you this evening. Uh, a lot of people are after a hard day after work, some people on their commute home, and some people will be listening to this in our archives. So we welcome all of our listeners. Uh, welcome to tonight's show, and uh, we're going to do some things by ear tonight, and hopefully one of our guests will be dialing in today. Uh, one of our regular uh, repeat guests, which is Felicia Jones, who's president of Atlanta BDPA, a very busy lady. And uh, from time to time, she calls in, checks in with us, and lets us know what's going on with Atlanta BDPA. Um, but in the meantime, you will be hearing my voice. And one of the topics that I'll be talking about, and as Felicia Jones joins us, She'll also be able to add to this topic is about leadership, um, and it ties in very closely with Atlanta BDPA and any. I'll, I'll say this. I'll stress any volunteer organization because when you volunteer and you volunteer for a leadership role, it gives you an opportunity in a non-work setting to exercise, to um, utilize your leadership skills, to hone and refine them. Um, sometimes you don't get that opportunity on the job. It's either do or die, and, and sometimes your livelihood could be at stake if you make one mistake. But doing it via volunteer organization, you get to refine, you get feedback. There's a lot of opportunities for you to be a leadership um, and whatever your area of passion is. What I like to do and what many of the board members of Atlanta BDPA do is we kind of do a, we marry not only our love for the IT industry, um, myself in the area of business analysis, project management, and uh, process improvement, um, get to take those skills and apply those in an area uh, by volunteering in an area that helps others. Um, I myself, Jacqueline Sanders. I am the Vice President of Education and Professional Development with Atlanta BDPA, so I am speaking from experience. Um, also want to give a shout-out to some other board members of Atlanta BDPA, and actually tomorrow night we'll be talking with uh, one of them live, and that will be Derek Brown. And Derek Brown, he's currently uh, – the Vice President of the Atlanta BDPA Chapter, which means at the end of this year, he'll be taking over and will be President of the Chapter. So tomorrow night, he'll be talking to us about some of his plans for the 2014 uh, year, the new year with Atlanta BDPA. I'm going to shake some things up. Um, I'm not going to give away um, everything, but, uh, you know, if those who know Derek, he's very energetic, and he's also radical, so uh, you want to listen to that show to find out what does he have planned. But I think another important thing is, is again, we're in 2013. He's already looking toward the future, making plans, and he's also looking for those future leaders. So if you're interested in being a board member uh, or a volunteer, you don't have to dedicate a, a whole lot of time. A lot of us don't have a lot of time. Uh, but if you want to participate in any way with the Atlanta BDPA, 
for the remainder of this year or the new year, 2014, uh, definitely reach out to Felicia Jones for the 2013 and the remainder of this year. And then also reach out to Derek Brown uh, regarding 2014. I always encourage people, start this year, kind of get a feel for the organization, see how we've uh, established ourselves and some of the things that we're known for now, our reputation, and then become a part of it so that next year you'll be ready to take on whether it's a leadership role or just volunteering. So that's Mr. Uh, Derek Brown will be speaking with on Wednesday. Um, the other thing, when we talk about leadership, we've had a whole theme of leadership um, in the month of July because as many of you may have attended the annual Minority IT Executive Forum, and that was on July 11th. It was an awesome uh, evening event. It was one of our dinner events, and it was at the Crown Plaza Atlanta at the Perimeter Ravinia. And uh, we had a panel of executives. We had several people who flew in from out of town, so we, we really appreciate that. But just had a just top-shelf representation on the stage sharing with you just their real-life experience. They, they were just very real um, and, and just very uh, forthright with telling people about their experience. And some of them even uh, were embarrassing uh, experiences. And, and you know, I, that just reminds me of something that I'm always telling people is that uh, for every success, you know, you may stumble, you may fall, but the key is you, you've got to get back up, brush yourself off, and one day you'll be up on stage telling other people about your experience and able to laugh about it. So that's one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about the, the panel. I want to kind of tell you some of the people that were on the panel, uh, some of the people that you met, but also some people you need to look up, research, um, find out their story, and uh, you may find some people that you have something in common with, some people that look like you, some people come from very humble beginnings and are still very humble, but yet have uh, paved their way to success. And the road to success isn't always just one straight line. There's a couple of zigzags, some curves, you know, some loops, but uh, these guys and, and ladies have made it. And so let me tell you about a few of the people that were on the minority executive form. Let me start out with Crandall Jones. Crandall Jones is the Vice President of Media and Software and Services Entertainment Application Group for mm -hmm. Turner Broadcasting Systems. That's TBS Incorporated, and a lot of people in Atlanta know of TBS. So Crandall Jones was uh, on the panel. He oversees entertainment applications, strategic development, and implementation of application technology for TBS. So really enjoyed uh, having Crandall on the panel. The other person on the panel was Greg Morrison, and Greg Morrison was named Vice President and Chief Information Officer of Cox Enterprise in February of 2002. And he previously served as Vice President of Information Systems at Prudential Financials. Um, when he progressed through the ranks from 1989 to 2000. He briefly left Prudential to become Chief Operating Officer and Chief Information Officer for realestate.com in 2000 and then rejoined Prudential uh, later that year as Vice President of Information Systems. Also on the panel was Terry Wharton. She is President and Chief Executive Officer uh, she provides the strategic vision for the organization and the leadership of her company. She's focused on growing client relationships and developing partnerships across the industry. And it was really interesting to hear uh, Terry's story because she spent quite a few years in the military. She's a 20-year veteran of the United States Air Force and has held executive positions at Oracle Corporation and Belcor, spending the rest of her career as an independent executive technology consultant. So she was in the military. 
she served in executive positions and then later started her own business. So uh, it was interesting to see and hear a woman's perspective. A couple more names for you. We had Michael Knoll. Michael Knoll is Chief Technology Officer for Mannheim. And uh, some of you, uh, I'm very familiar with Mannheim, the world's leading provider of vehicle remarketing services. He's responsible for leading Mannheim's vast technology systems, applications, and operations that enable Mannheim to deliver products and services to its customers anytime and anywhere. Noel brings more than 15 years of global business consulting and technology strategy to Mannheim, and that's Michael Noel. Next, I want to introduce someone that is actually uh, a member of the Atlanta BDPA chapter uh, and is kind of like our uh, always advising us, Michael A. Williams, and he's a Senior Vice President of Enterprise Technology Services for FIS. And FIS is a leading global banking and payments technology provider. And Mr. Williams is responsible for overall management and strategic direction for various aspects of enterprise information technology. Now, also, let me mention that our guest of honor on the panel was actually David Stewart. And he actually flew in from St. Louis and he uh, let us know that he wanted to be back in St. Louis in his bed in St. Louis when the night was over. He is uh, truly, uh, you know, St. Louis, and he loves St. Louis, but he went out of his way to fly in to be at our event here in Atlanta. And Dave Stewart is the chairman and founder of Worldwide Technology, a marketing-leading systems integrator and supply chain solutions provider. It was started in 1990 with a handful of employees and a 4,000-square-foot office. Worldwide Technology posted its strongest year to date in 2012. Currently, there are over 2,300 employees and 2.5 million-plus square feet of facilities contributing to generate annual revenues exceeding $5.1 billion. So that's David Stewart. And I'm giving you these names because go and research. Find out more about these men and women. And like I said, you know, when you heard their stories uh, at the event back on July 11th, very humble beginnings. But And these are people who uh, have hard work ethics, very true to their beliefs, and um, just were tenacious. And that had a lot to attribute to where they are today. So, and like I said, they were not shame or shy about talking about some of their, their failures, some things where they stumbled. And it was really interesting because one person on the panel talked about within their first week uh, in uh, of work, um, one of their very first jobs, they thought that they were going to get fired. They thought their career was over. Well, the next person had a story, and theirs was the first day on their job. Um, they just were, you know, were, were given – the cold shoulder uh, when they arrived on their, their new job and thought that that was just going to be the end of them. And yet and still, some of the same people that were challenges to them are people that now are their mentors. Uh, so, you know, you just never know just the, the turnaround stories and the different stories of, of the people you meet and what role they may play in your life in the future. So it's all about, you know, keeping the right attitude, keeping your head when things seem uh, down and out, and just keep moving forward and uh, seeing how everything plays out. And I, you know, there's always a lot of surprises. One of the things that I want to um, also mention is that uh, during the panel, or, or one of the uh, participants on the panel, our guest of honor, actually, uh, David Stewart, actually uh, had a gift for those who came to the event. He gave out his book that he recently wrote, and it's Doing Business by the Good Book. So I encourage you to, to look that up as well if you want to read uh, about uh, his success. Like I said, you, you heard about his very humble beginnings and 
he talks about, um, you know, he started out uh, his first job, you know, working with his hands. And um, but from there, buying a business and then building that business, and just really just by being on the bleeding edge, realizing how important technology was going to be uh, in the future and how to use it strategically. And he started doing that for his customer and his target customers, and that's how he built his wonderful business. Um, and, and, again, like like it says here, he started out with a handful of employees in a 4,000-square-foot office. And one of his antidotes that were, was really funny, he mentioned that uh, when he first told his friends uh, and, and family that he was going to call his new business Worldwide Technology, of course, he, he got some ribbing about that because just think, Worldwide Technology and all you have is 4,000 square feet, that doesn't really sound like worldwide. But uh, he had the vision, and he named it after his vision, and he continued to move forward. So what I'd like to do with our time together is I wanted to talk a little bit about his book and refer to some of the things in his book. And this is going to um, informally be one of our first uh, book reviews, and, and that's something that we and my, my partner, uh, David Blackman, you'll often hear me talk about, uh, the co-founder of Technology Expresso and uh, our vision for the radio station. And one of the things we want to do in some of our segments is to review some of the books in the industry that uh, have and read excerpts to, first of all, encourage you to go and get the books but also to give you some quick nuggets to use uh, and, and apply. Um, and, again, just some teasers so that you can go out and get some books that relate to your your job, your career, the IT industry, or even if it's a business venture that you're interested in in the IT industry. So tonight, like I said, um, by happenstance, since we're talking about David Stewart, and know that I plan to someday very soon also have Dave on the show. So hopefully someone uh, is, is hearing this and have you met him at the event. So um, I'm sure if I can, he has a very busy schedule, but if I can get on his book, um, I know that uh, he would come and join and talk to us. He's He's great about sharing um, his story and um, helping others, and, and you can just tell that that's just part of his spirit. So, so first of all, as I just open up his book and I start to flip through his book, Doing Business by the Good Book, and the subtitle, he talks about 52 Lessons on Success Straight from the Bible. And um, I'm going to start going through some of the chapters, and I'm going to – Dave's going to join me here shortly. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm excited about that, too. Um, most of you know that Dave and I most of the time do the shows together, so uh, today he's going to – he's joining me as well. So first of all, I've been doing all the talking, so I'll let you say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. How's everything going? So, our topic for today. We've been talking about uh, leadership and leadership roles, and of course, I did a great plug for the um, annual Minority IT Executive Forum, and one of the, the keynote speakers was uh, David Stewart. So, I'm just talking about leadership in general, and, and specifically how people in volunteering for organizations. Um, that's an opportunity to start in a leadership role and kind of get some practice as a leadership. It's, it's one of the things we're always trying to get people to join BDPA and take some of the, the various um, positions that we have on the board. Um, and so it's just to helping people understand that you don't have to, when you're applying for a job, you people expect you to already have experience. But 
where do you get that experience? Well, volunteering for organizations, um, learning those organizations, working through them, and then working your way into a uh, leadership role. Absolutely, absolutely, uh, when, especially when we talk about volunteership. Well, that's an opportunity to hone your skills as an individual in speaking and communicating and, to, as you mentioned, taking it to the next level if you're really aspiring to be in a leadership role, in an executive role, whether it's associate director, director, vice president. This is a great low-cost opportunity to hone those skills and work on your speaking skills and your leadership skills. So I totally agree with that, that this is a great opportunity to learn those skill sets. Absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's funny because you talk about low-cost um, opportunity. It's low-cost in that you can make some mistakes, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. You've got a lot of flexibility there. Um, no one's after your job, so people have the opportunity to be as critical as necessary to uh, to help you grow and to um, uh, uh, find your weak areas and help you own those areas. Um, uh, yes, yeah, uh, you have you obviously have the courage to aspire to be in that type of position. So you should have the courage to take criticism in whatever form it may come if it's going to get you to the next level. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things, too, and this was, uh, as you know, we had a big program with the Atlanta BDPA this year, the boot camp that was a big success, and there's already a lot of build-up and enthusiasm around the boot camp for next year. It's going to be bigger and better. But what we did do is we took uh, aspiring leaders through different scenarios, um, and there was we've had people in the room that were doing role play, whether it was in a meeting atmosphere or a presentation uh, format or in a panel interview, and we put them in kind of pressure situations. And that's kind of, um, you know, we were kind of testing because a leader, you can be a leader on paper, but it's when you get into pressure situations when you really know someone's leadership style. You know, I, I love the interview question, what's your leadership style? Um, you know, you can lay it out. You have the best laid plan of how you're going to handle uh, the people in the relationships, but it's when you're under pressure. And in IT, there's plenty of situations and scenarios where you're under pressure and your leadership style will be tested. So that's what we did with the boot camp. We put people a little bit on the spot in the pressure cooker, and uh, I think they were a little bit surprised, at, you know, but we were trying to make it, uh, you know, we were pulling from realistic experiences uh, where we've had people, you know, storm out of meetings or get loud in meetings or even curse in meetings, and how do you react to that? Yes, it's very important to take individuals outside of their comfort zone. And there was a phrase that you used before about reaching outside of your comfort zone. I don't remember what it was, but uh, the point is you have to move out of your comfort zone to find out where your weaknesses are. That's where you challenge. That's where you find your own personal challenges. You don't have to wait for uh, adversity to hit. You can find challenges within yourself and 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 overcome those obstacles and grow as an individual and as a leader. And, and I think the uh, the term that you're talking about actually is probably lean into your discomfort. Yes. And I'll give credit. The first time I heard it was from uh, Derek Brown. Um, and like I said, he'll be on tomorrow's night show. Um, but I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. When things get uncomfortable, instead of recoiling or pulling back, just lean in and go with it and see where it takes you. You know, just keep your head, your wits about you. Uh, you know, I see T-shirts all the time, keep calm, you know, and that's what, just keep calm and just lean into it and write it out, basically. You know, I, that is absolutely uh, a phrase worth worth knowing. Yes, uh, leaning into discomfort, that's a great phrase, and it's especially important for leaders to do that where you're faced with a number of challenges 
especially in corporate America, uh, whether it's uh, um, managing resources or managing budgets. Uh, there's a lot of challenges there as individuals basically fight for budgets and fight for money to execute their vision for their department or for their group. You really have to fight for uh, the budget to uh, execute what, is, what your vision of your group is. So um, having the opportunity to experience that and work through the pain points around that mm -hmm. in a volunteer group setting is, I think, great practice, and it's a great environment to learn and grow as an individual. And even though many times for executive positions, they are looking for other executives as opposed to bringing someone up without that level of experience. They're looking for people to come into those positions with that experience. And having that experience in the volunteer format is is better than not having it at all. Right. Exactly. It, it gives you a and, and what it's going to do is going to build your confidence. Now, one of the things that I want to do is I, I want to actually kind of quiz the audience um, and make this a little interactive. So, if you're listening to this, actually take out whether it's a, a piece of paper of some sort. But again, some people uh, you might be on the move while you're listening to this. But at some point, because I want to go through, because, again, the, the book that I'm, I'm, we're going to kind of review and give you some excerpts from is Doing Business by the Good Book. It's 52 Lessons of Success Straight from the Bible, and it's by Dave Stewart. But what I like, he, he I, just going through the content that's in here, there's 15, 52 keys, and what you can do is evaluate yourself to some extent to see how you measure up to these 52 items. And we'll, we'll pick a few and, and talk about um, um, them. But I also encourage you to read the book because what he has done is referenced it to a scripture in the Bible um, and uh, from there related how these things relate back to the good book. And, again, the good book has been around for over 2,000 years or way more than that. But with that, you know, so why not go back to, you know, the... The, the original <laughs> book of knowledge. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a good way of putting it. So most definitely. So not only does it give you things to kind of think about, but uh, then it gives you something, some very solid content to, to measure, apply, and relate to each one of those uh, areas. So let me, let me just go through, um, I'm going to start with the first ten. And, and then let's let's pick one to, to talk about. The first one, he says, having an entrepreneurial spirit. And, and I'm going to read the other ten, but that's probably the one that I, we can talk about a little bit. But the next one, integrity, so important. Um, delegation, knowing when to delegate. Um, striving for excellence. This one I think is important too, adapting to change. How do, how do you do when it comes to change? And I think that that's very re relevant to the IT industry because we're in constant change. Change is the only constant. Exactly. I mean, IT is about doing things faster, better, and as soon as, you know, you implement one solution, you're already trying to figure out what's, you know, version, you know, 5.0, what's version 6.0. What's phase one? What's phase two? What's phase three? So we were always, everything is next, next, next with IT. Um, finding a niche, and that's, that's another important one because IT, there are a lot of specialties. And this is something Dave and I, we find is when we're coaching people, you know, people hear one buzzword and they don't look. Uh, beyond what maybe the, the hot topic is of the moment to see that there's so many other niches. You know, uh, project management. I'm PMT certified, so I have nothing against project management, but I also diversify. People know I, I do business analysis. I do Six Sigma. I do Lean. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a course right now to uh, become a Scrum Master. So, it's, it's a, it, there's a lot of different areas, 
I like to, um, and what's hot, you know, five years ago, you know, four years ago, I remember when EDI was hot. Some of you that might perk up some ears out there. And I pursued that and I studied that. Um, well, my path took me in a different direction. But for that period of time, EDI was my niche for uh, a while. And you, you kind of, you can have a niche in not only your, your job but in different industries too as well. Yes. Uh, one thing about IT, it transcends so many different industries and lines of business. It is IT is that back office uh, engine that powers just about any company. So once you develop skill sets in that area, you'd be amazed at the different industries you find yourself in, whether it's healthcare or investment banking or uh, uh, financial services. The IT architecture and footprint is large, and as I said, I'll say it again, it, 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 it transcends industry. So you will find yourself uh, with a valuable skill set that's transferable into any market. Absolutely. And, and that, that's interesting, and we can elaborate on that because, you know, people may know even from my background, I've been in the airline industry. Um, I've been in the banking industry. At one point it was the mortgage banking side. Another time it was bad debt. Um, I've been in the healthcare information system. I work with the CDC Center for Disease Control here in Atlanta, and then even um, more recently working in a pharmaceutical clinical trial, what is a clinical research organization. Um, so you can there's a lot of opportunities and flexibility, and and even if you're a creative person, people think of IT that you have to be a geek. That's not necessarily the case. Um, actually, there's a lot of people that have to uh, be the face of the organization, of the software, of sales, of marketing, all of those different pieces um, around if you're in a software company or if you're in an IT organization within a bigger company. And that's something that you and I help a lot of people, when we're doing coaching, um, we naturally have a way of looking at their resume or their experiences and helping them um, direct and mold it in such a way that they can find their perfect niche, a marriage of what they currently do or what their current or previous experiences are, but marrying that in such a way that they can find their, their right niche. and. Sometimes it's just not obvious to people, but you and I can see that. Yes, it's, it's really tough to look at yourself, look at your own history, and look for a niche. It's much easier if someone that's not emotionally connected to the resume and to the skill set uh, to uh, reach out and, 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 and find the areas of strength in your own resume, in your own skill set. Um, normally people are rather humble and don't see themselves as strong in certain areas and usually takes a, in, uh, an external uh, resource or an external input to define what uh, strength is and what strengths are uh, visible in, in, in your skill set. So I think it's uh, really important to um, um, reach out to your, your network, your mentors, or your your leaders or in, in people that inspire you to help you or, or look at your resume and try to find that inner strength in you and uh, uh, those areas that will help you cross over into other markets or in other industries. It's there. It's right before your eyes. It's just hard to pinpoint it at times. Yep. And I, and I can give some examples, but let me also pause because we're just about at the halfway point. If you want to talk to Dave or myself, you can call 855-484-6837. Again, 855-484-6837. And we, we have people call, but I think they get stage fright. So don't get stage fright. Just leave us a message, and we will call you back. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can look for us under Tech Expresso Cafe or Tech Internship and also on Facebook.com 
EdTech Internship. You can also send us an email at info at techinternship.org. Absolutely. And, and don't be shy when we talk about uh, who we work with, mentor, and coach both interns, also people who um, are well into their career, as well as with small business owners who are looking to understand how to leverage technology. Um, so, that, so without just talking about a niche alone took us down that path, let me read a couple more uh, as far as doing business by the good book and some of the topics he has in there. Um, good leadership is serving others, uh, and a lot of people don't understand that. They think that it's all about a, a dictatorship, but good leadership is serving others. Um, building long-term relationships uh, is a part of doing business, and and that's so true too. You know, there's a lot of introverts in IT, and you have to come to terms that um, you know if you just stay in your cube and stay in your shell and hide behind your your computer and your uh, your laptop or your monitor, um, you will stagnate. And that's one thing that's in our industry, because the industry changes and the, um, you know, technology changes so fast. And even the businesses that are strategic and are using IT, they're changing. So you, you, you've got to keep your eyes and ears open because the organization, one day you may look outside your cubicle and find out the organization's changed on you. Um, I have done a lot of transformation-type projects where we were overhauling, you know, full-blown software systems, um, or we were buying companies and merging them into our company. So when I, I mean, I've been on that edge where before you know it, you can turn around and you've gone from a small company to some large, huge company overnight. Yes, the IT industry is constantly changing, as Jacqueline just alluded to. Uh, technologies change, and the IT industry is full of people looking for change. They come in, learn a skill set, and they're ready to move on. They're in a position or with a company for two to three years, and they are ready to move or grow. And if that path, if that growth path is not available within the company, well, they're going to hit the street with a new skill set that they've developed, that they've honed in your company, and they move on. So the environment's always changing. New people are coming in, fresh idea and new ways of doing things, and a company has to remain flexible enough to manage that attrition. It happens every year. And, you know, that that's funny if you talk about people coming and going because I think at one time I heard uh, that, you know, people on average stay on, a, you know, in IT jobs about three to five years. It, they're not a lot of, of long term. Now, I've met my share of people, been on the job 12, 15 uh, years. But what I will say that <laughs> the key is to keep reinventing yourself. Don't get stagnant. You can be on the same job. But make sure you're not doing the same thing you were doing 10, 15 years ago, especially in the IT industry. If I was doing, you know, if you're doing the same things from 20 years ago, you, you'd probably still be using punch cards. And some people may not even know <laughs> if, what that if is. You're doing, if you're doing whatever you're doing 15 years ago, then they're looking for a way to give you an exit package. That's right. <laughs> I hate to be that harsh, right? <laughs> but one of the things you said is as people come and go, um, because the, the actually the point we were on as far as uh, the content from the book was long-term relationships. That's one thing I can say. I've been in the industry for 25 years, and, and I know this is true about you too. We've met people over the years that we're still in contact with. You may not talk to them every day, but thank goodness for whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, um, you know, keeping in touch with them and when I think of building a long-term relationship, relationships aren't about what you can get out of people. Sometimes you just keep in touch with people, and 
it, it's not that they you think that maybe somewhere down the line they're going to be able to do something for me or give me something, and they're going to be in a particular position. You you never know where uh, or when or who is going to be that person that may help you or not help you. But that's not the reason to stay in touch or be connected. I sometimes question. I see people on LinkedIn that have thousands of connections. You know, do you really have a good, do you have really strong, lasting, genuine relationships? Are you trying to fill as many people and, and boast your numbers just so in a time of need, you know, I, I need this person, I can use this person, I can get something from them. So just to me, even if you have fewer numbers but they're genuine relationships, um, that's what's more important, and that's how you build a long-term relationship. Um, and so I really have enjoyed NIT because I guess you, you heard me say, you know, I've been to different companies, different industries, different roles. I've always participated in uh, network and professional organizations. And so um, so I, I, I've always had those relationships. And some people, you know, like I said, I might lose touch here and there, but Thank goodness for LinkedIn, but I'm going to say something to you, something that we were recently talking about, people who don't have LinkedIn accounts. What do you have to say? <laughs> well, if someone doesn't have a LinkedIn account, and, and I'll just say that to our listeners, so our type of listeners, you are way behind. So I implore you at this time, if you have to get off the phone right now and do this, or if you can multitask, which is even better, Go online right now and create a LinkedIn profile and create a presence out there. There's so much information out there that will help you in your career, your present career, your future career, past careers. You, you have no idea what you are missing. LinkedIn is not, I repeat, LinkedIn is not Facebook. So uh, I treasure my LinkedIn profile. I value it. It's part of my brand. Uh, I, I don't accept arbitrary connections from individuals I do not know. It's just the way I personally choose to manage my LinkedIn account. Some, some individuals on LinkedIn are just trying to grow their numbers or they have ulterior motives such as staffing agencies trying to get into your LinkedIn account to be uh, connected to your circle so they can offer jobs. So if, if that's okay with you, if you want to be that type of a vehicle, that's fine. Uh, I, I, I must say I am connected to several uh, staffing agencies, and I get their postings, and I turn them around and share them with my network of friends and professionals. So there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you choose to do. But it's important to establish an online presence, a professional presence, and slowly build that profile to represent you as a professional. Employers are going to look for a LinkedIn connection to determine if you're a good fit for that. And they may send a job or a potential career opportunity to you. So it's important to have that profile and and build it up and to represent your professional person that's attractive to some organization that's trying to fill a position of your skill set. Absolutely. And, and people do look on LinkedIn uh, when they're trying to fill a position. Um, and then to your point is that you can connect in a professional way to people um, which is different than the, the people that you may want to connect, connect to in Facebook. So you can separate the two. You have your professional profile there on LinkedIn. But be warned, and this is something that we, especially, you know, to um, our, our younger audience, to our interns, we can't emphasize this enough, <clears throat> be careful whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn what you're posting because employers do do research. Um, and as a matter of fact, in part of our boot camp, one of the things that we do, one of the, the segments, is we just Google you and see what comes up. Uh, people might be surprised, hopefully none of our listeners, but arrest records might show up. I've never done that. <laughs> I think I'll Google myself. Yeah. <laughs> you might be surprised. But but literally, um, 
Matrix Resources, which is one of Atlanta BDPA's sponsor and great friends and, and um, uh, partners with Technology Expresso, they helped lead that segment of the boot camp where uh, a specialist in social media, she uh, actually would Google the boot camp participants and show them what showed up, um, whether it was pictures that they thought that were private or hidden on their Facebook that showed up when they were being Googled. Um, and then also she pointed out to them their LinkedIn account. And, um, again, everyone should have a LinkedIn account, not because you're looking for a job. Again, stay connected. Okay? Stay connected to people you went to school with, with teachers, with, with just other professionals. Um, it's better to be connected when you're not in need and to establish those genuine relationships. So that was that, that's, that kind of just set me off when I saw building long-term relationships. So uh, again, good good topics from the uh, doing business by the good book. Let me give you the next one: taking a stand, um, and, and that's that's also important, especially when we're talking about leadership. Um, at, at some point, sometimes you got to make some unpopular decisions. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say that the next one is consistency. Absolutely. Uh, sometimes you have people who, you know, they, they're they um, a bright star, but they fade fast, whereas sometimes it's good just to be, you know, to give off some light, but just be consistent with that light instead of just being that, that one uh, a inconsistent spark that, you know, you, you can't necessarily count on. The next one was around teamwork, doing business and, and teamwork, risk-taking. Can't emphasize that enough. Is is that um, a lot of people that we um, that we aspire that that we aspire to be like? You know, everybody talks about the 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 Bill Gates and the um, the, the different people that you want to be like. Well, know that they took risk. How about you take a few? Yes, yeah, is important. In- and I'd like to allude back to some of the other topics. The one that stood out for me was taking a stand. Mm-hmm. You, you have to do something you believe in. And everyone's a follower. Even our leaders are followers. They are following someone. And that's a characteristic of a leader is taking a stand and uh, providing a vision I, I like to say that leaders inspire, and I think that's the most important thing uh, that stood out for me about leadership. Uh, looking as as I for me as I look for inspiration in the corporate world, um, I look to my leaders to inspire me, and at that point, I'm on board. Give me something. That I, a, a direction that I can believe in, and if I can believe in it, then I'm 120% behind you, um, and I'm all in, and I devote all of my energies to that vision. And uh, of course, I have my own management techniques and my own way of inspiring others. But I also I always look for that inspiration to uh, uh, to take me to the next level. Um, to, uh, consistency was another um, uh, trait that was pointed out in the book. And as a leader, you have to be consistent um, and, and and not throw too many curveballs. People tend to rely on people that are consistent that that have a certain style. Uh, it's something that they can trust. They know that direction. Uh, uh, well, they know what direction that leader will always be heading into, and there's a certain level of comfort there, knowing what direction your leaders are headed in. It's easy to follow once you bought in to their philosophy. If they remain, if they remain consistent, you always feel you're headed in the right direction, or you always feel that you are supporting the leadership and. Uh, the, the the corporate direction, if that's what you're looking for. So uh, those are important. Risk takers, um, 
I'm going to say I'm not so much of a risk taker. Um, uh, you know, I talk a good game, but I'm real, I'm really conservative in that in that res, in that respect. Um, every now and then, I, I you know I can reach out and do something challenging that may uh, shock the world. But um, I'm, I'm I usually look for consistency. Um, but our, a lot of leaders, a lot of entrepreneurs are risk takers. Uh, uh, it takes a lot to step out. And 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 I look for something that inspires you, that's going to support you. You're ready to throw everything behind that idea. So a lot of our, a lot of the leaders or a lot of people that we follow are actually risk takers, and uh, uh, that's another trait of um, of entrepreneurship. You know, it's funny. Probably some of, just to get personal, but probably some of our our friends who know us are probably laughing right now because you just said you're not a risk taker, and they're thinking, he's taking a risk being with me because people know me. <laughs> people who know me, they know I'm I'm out there, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to try a little bit of everything. Of course, I've got my limits too, but that's probably, you know, how we balance each other out. But, um you know that that leaning into discomfort, I, I kind of live in that zone. Um, I, and just to, for people who also know me professionally, part of what I do is I, I do project rescue, and so I get we say parachuted into projects, um, and then you know I'm in parachuted in into unknown territory. So you know um, I, I wasn't in, in the, the military per se, but. Uh, I, I can relate to, you know, sometimes being parachuted into enemy territory and just having to, you know, fend for yourself. But um, at, at any rate, um, you know, it, there's a there's a balance, too, and there's a balance to a lot of different things, you know, knowing, you know, you know, even when it talks about taking a stand, you know, knowing when and how. And, that is something that I can even give a personal testimony is that, you know, um, there's a way to do just about everything, you know, and um, you can take a stand on things, but you also have to know your, the culture, the climate, your audience, and, and that also um, ties to, to something else that, that's on this list that I wanted to point out as well, but... Um, Taking a stand, and uh, sometimes when you're you're young and don't have a lot of experiences, because I know a, young, a lot of young people are like, why do employers always emphasize you need experience? And it's because you, through experience and through years of different situations and scenarios, you kind of accumulate and learn from those, and that that learning and that knowledge is how you know how to temper. Uh, a lot of things that you do. So you can do things, but, you know, you, you need to know how to temper and balance. Exactly. Experience is doing, a lot of experience is doing the wrong thing <laughs> in actuality. Uh, that's why you do enough wrong things at a certain point you know what not to do. So it's easy to do the right thing. Experience gives you wisdom. Wisdom is knowing the right thing to do based on your experiences. So don't be afraid to make a, a mistake. That's the experience you get. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, as Before we wind down, first of all, I want to again give you a way to get in contact with us. If you want to talk to us one-on-one, -on -one, we do coaching. Um, and those of you who are uh, here in the Atlanta area, you can meet us in person at any of the Atlanta BDPA uh, events. Uh, would love to, to meet you, shake your hand, but you also can reach out to us. Also, we take call-ins on our show. You can call in with a problem or an issue or email us a problem or an issue. Um, do that as well. Um, so here's our contact information. Yes, we are Technology Expresso. Fast track your IT career. You can reach us at technologyexpresso.com there you'll find all of our social media hashtags, and you can email us at info at techinternship.com or right there 
at the Blog Talk website, you can email us. Don't hesitate. Give us a call. Let us know what you're interested in in the IT industry. Let us know how we can help you. Our success is your success. Absolutely. And speaking of success, um, on I believe it's going to be our Sunday show, we're actually going to have one of our interns that we placed uh, talking about his success story. So uh, you won't just hear it from us. Um, you'll get to hear from one of the interns, uh, paid interns that we placed this year. Now, he's not paid to say this. Let me, let me <laughs> right. copy out that there. <laughs> right. This is just his own personal story, his own testimony. And, again, we think that it's so important that a lot of times if you hear from people that uh, whether they look like you or sound like you or come from humble beginnings like you, you can be inspired by their story, that what we're saying um, anyone can take it, can apply it, and can find themselves in a successful uh, position pursuing whatever it is that is your passion. So tonight what we did is we talked, we were reading some of the topics from Doing Business by the Good Book, and um, this is by David Stewart, very successful. Uh, he was here in Atlanta back in July on our executive IT forum. He is uh, he created, founded, and runs the Worldwide Technology. Please do uh, look it up and learn more about his story. He came from very humble beginnings, but um, it was a real treat seeing him at the um, IT executive forum. He flew in from uh, St. Louis. And, again, he started out in 1990 with just a few employees, 4,000 square feet. Today, uh, in 2012, they booked their highest earnings for worldwide technology, posting over $5.1 billion. So from very humble beginnings, he's built his business. So um, you might take heed to, to read his book, Doing Business by the Good Book. Um, he you know, opened up and shared with you some of the principles he lived by. And you could tell in the short period of time he was on the panel, he really lives this. And it's not in any way where just kind of forcing any type of Bible or scripture down your throat. This isn't just, you know, um, just uh, – it's just easy reading, and it gives you something to relate to. And that's one of the things. People can – throw out the terms and the jargon about what you should and shouldn't do, how you should do things. But this is written from a man who believes in this and actually built his business around this. Everything that you heard uh, David and I talk about tonight, we can relate to each one of these these items. And we only got through the, the first 12. There's 52 here. So as much as we related to them, and again, like we said, I'm not pushing any scripture um, on you or pushing the Bible or, or um, trying to influence one way or another as far as uh, religion or belief, but good sound principles, I think, transcends, um, you know, any particular point of view, especially when you can apply them to business. People think about, you know, go to church on Sunday and then forget everything by Monday morning. But this is applying it Monday through Friday to the way you do business, um, doing things with scruples and integrity um, and uh, just some great principles here. I uh, promise you it's, it's a quick read. It's an easy read laid out very simply. So so please look for, for this book, um, David L. Stewart, founder and CEO of Worldwide Technology. We, we very much uh, uh, appreciate him sharing this, this wisdom with us. I can't wait to dive into it. Absolutely. And so stay tuned for more of our shows. I've talked about some of our upcoming guests, um, hearing from a testimony from one of our interns. More book reviews are coming soon. And who knows, you might be one of our guests on our show. We um, are mentoring people live on the air. If you have a problem. The Mentor Me series. That's right. You call in. You tell us the scenario that you're dealing with, and right there on the air we'll talk you through it 
and uh, uh, help you find solution and resolution. So Tech, Technology Showcase. Technology Showcase, and that's highlighting some of the bright, shining, up-and-coming success in our industry, and definitely check out our archives. We, again, thank our listeners. We now are over 20,000 uh, listeners of our, our archive shows, and that's just in the first six months, and we have more great things to come. Military Transition. The Military Transition. Uh, another show, shout out to our veterans. and Thank uh, you. That's me. That's right, including David, who is a 20-plus uh, year veteran, and as well as my dad. So uh, No, I'm not your dad. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> He's getting punchy. Anyway... <laughs> But um, uh, as you can see, we enjoyed doing the, the, the show and providing you what you need. We hope you enjoyed the show as well, um, and we hope you share it with your friends as well. Um, well, with that, I think we're going to conclude tonight's show, and um, thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Stay tuned.